This is Laura and Corey. Why aren't you talking? You told me to pretend I can see anything. No, until we get to this. Okay, so I'm going to say three, two, one, and we start on this. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. Do you want to count off? No, I'm scared. Okay, three, two, one. This is Laura and Corey from the new hit show, Allison. And Side by Saturday Night is involved. And Side by Saturday Night is hits. pseudo habitat and virtual studio deep in our underground living quarters tonight we're proud to present the marvel universe and audio drama retrospective featuring the voice talents of robert penn warren tennis great rod laver and once again the lovely esther williams welcome to talkcast 289 this week's edition of sci-fi saturday night enjoying a mild headache from convention overload and caffeine withdrawal i am the dome Joining the TalkCast tonight, the rest of the Gang of Four in the Revere Time Vortex, the technical anarchist for those of us uninformed peasants. She just enjoys pushing people's virtual buttons, our own girl genius, Kriana. Also their physical buttons. I just basically push any button I can get my hand on. Yeah, I know that exactly how it sounds. Yeah, and I'm not surprised. From the stacks of her personal space at the Dank Dungeons Industrial Trailer Park and Clone Garden, this week featuring unsalted kale nuts in the gift shop, perfect for the robot with high blood pressure, it's the Zombrarian. From a galaxy further and further away, as time dilation insists it must be, our woman of the lake, she has opinions worth sharing. Please welcome Sir Sarah Lady Knight. Uh, Daisy Johnson is going to be the death of me. Oh, virtually all of Again? us. <laughs> Always. Back from, his, back from his Pixar internship, our returning correspondent, having spent the last 11 weeks undercover at the Bruce Willis Clone Institute, Master of Minor Surgery Procedures, it's Awake by Java. I'm, I'm not playing Destiny right now. I'm not. Definitely not. No. Me neither. Of course not. Okay, you might want to mute the, the, the panel then, but that's fine. Tonight's guest is uh, Michael Pelletier from a group called the Hero Army, a charity cosplayer group raising money and awareness for various causes. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hey, no, I mean, we met Michael at GraniteCon this week, and GraniteCon was an interesting melange of, of 
tons of people and exhausted. But not a spice melange, just, just to get that clear. No, not a spice melange at all. But it could have been. It, no. No, it couldn't have been? No. I, I just, just had a lot of fun there. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. It, it was uh, one of the more... It, it's always one of the more interesting conventions because of its uh, close quarters. It's, it's, it's a very... Town can roll right out of bed and be there. Yeah, pretty much, and that was kind of nice, to be honest with you. Thank you, Zombrarian. With a note in the background. Um, I, I just want to say uh, one thing about Granite Con, and, and anybody else who's there with us can can say what they please. Uh, I want to say hi to Robin, who. That was an interesting microphone noise. <laughs> it was indeed a microphone noise. I'm hoping to hell that's what it was. Mm. Uh, I want to say hi to Robin, who uh, actually I work with. And while I was sitting eating lunch with uh, some of the staff from the show, she walked over to me in costume and whispered in my ear in front of my wife, you don't know who I am, do you? She was the white queen and uh, the ice queen, and her costume was absolutely brilliant. And she was right. I had no idea that it was actually Robin. So, you know, kudos. Some of the cosplay there this weekend was absolutely amazing. And uh, the, the guests and the artists were wonderful as usual. We're going to be having tons of them on as the week progresses. And this week, uh, no, Mike. None of them are actually on the calendar. No, you know what? The calendar is broken. And I sent the email about that yesterday. Nope, never got it. Yes, you did. Nope, I didn't. This is a really interesting conversation. Thank you for having it. You're welcome. It's just for you. I I almost have the opposite problem when it comes to recognizing people. because I always see people in costume. When they approach me in the non-costume, I have no idea who half the people I know are. They'll be like, hey, and you'd be like, uh, no clue who you are. Thanks. Yeah, it, it's it's a. Doesn't help that I put their names in my phone under like the costumes I see them in as normally. Hey, oh, I'm you're, uh, Iron Man. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could get really scary sometimes. So we're going to talk about uh, the Hero Army, what they do, who they are, and who why they show conventions. But first, the news. getting so much better at that. You know, ask anyone. I never pay attention to meetings. You're lucky it happens when it happens. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> somebody is having a lot of fun on the Back Chat channel tonight, aren't you, Zombaria? Me? I was like, I haven't even looked oh. at it. Who's being snarky? Uh, virtually everybody except you. <laughs> Hush, Whitey. Ugh. Lots of news. Lots of news. <laughs> Java, where would you like to start? Um, well, not that I would know anything about this, but there may have been a video game expansion released this week. Wait, what video game would that have been for? Um, let me guess, The Sims. I, oh, it's Dragon a, Age. On, let me check my notes. Um, <laughs> 
Diablo oh, 3 was wait, so wait, wait, successful that heard... they gave it an expansion. Actually, there has already been an expansion for Diablo 3. That's besides this point. Here. Has Mist been re-released? Um, a long time ago. Oh. It's, okay, uh, I'll go back to sleep then. Sorry. Missed the movie expansion pack. Wait. <laughs> Missed the it's, television series? No. It's Destiny, the Taken King is what? the name. What? Yeah. And, um, I didn't know you played that. Yeah, I do. I do. It. I. You know, it, there's lots of video game news that doesn't deserve any. Um, nearly all of it. Nearly all of it. But I will say this about uh, Destiny, um, because although it's dominating the news cycle right now, um, is it? It is at, at least as far as video games are concerned, and, and even in even in uh, further out news. I mean, because I did see it on Reddit this morning, but eh? why do you go on Reddit? Because sometimes things amuse me. Okay. Yeah, there's problems with Reddit, but I will say as far sure, as but it's no less know, amusing. Yeah, um, the the thing about Destiny is that it has not had a story at all, so and now like it does. Oh no, tons of video games have stories, but now it's it does, and ones. the story is kind of kick ass. It's kind of kick ass. A team of people at Bungie, but the Nameless there's this ghost whole. Writers. Yeah, nameless people in the background. No, which not, is actually, not as cool as, as uh, what's his face's new RPG that has stories by Tracy Hickman. You know, what's his face? That guy that went in space that we interviewed. That guy. Lord no, British. That's his name. Right. Yeah. Um, the, cool. the, the thing about this, uh, this video game is that it's, um, all of the story is hidden, so if you don't want it, you don't have to have it. And I've only recently begun digging into it because it's all kind of, um, kind of, it's like a buffet. You can just go and read about things that you like, and um, in the world. And it's very, it's actually very deep uh, writing, and not deep as in philosophical. Just that there's lots of it, and it goes far. And the the storyline of the. The storyline of the new expansion is also very good. And if you are a fan of Space Wizards, or if you're just a fan of Nathan Fillion, also okay. It's a good. It's a good story. You should pick it up. It's worth it. I think. So let me let me understand this. They put out the game, then they did the backstory for it afterwards. Well, they this is it's one of the biggest games game budgets that has ever been raised. So they had starting off I think they had 500 million dollars to make this video game and they plotted a 10-year course. So they've got 10 years worth of um expansions and DLC and additions to the story to go on. And uh that's kind of unprecedented. I mean, when World of Warcraft first came out as the as a MMO, they did not anticipate the amount of popularity it, it would have. And so everything since then has kind of been added on as they think of it. But these writers and the the, the designers started off with a plan to do a ten year game cycle. So anyway, check that's it out so if you are it's uh, probably better than five nights. <laughs> yeah. 
That's just not saying much. Five Nights at Freddy's is a very stupid game. Stupid game. It's a very <laughs> stupid game that has gotten a lot of buzz. For really it's not. Reason. It's not worth. It. Hey, if you pick it up in a humble bundle for free, go for it. But it's not worth paying for. That's my. That's I mean, I could talk right? about. I could talk about humble bundle. Oh yeah, yeah. they're huge still. Right. Um, yeah, whatever. I can talk about video games all night, but that's really, I don't bring video games up very often because it, um, not wor- many of them are worth talking about. This one is. So. Hey, hey, you want to you know, know another one that's worth talking about? And I didn't know that Java was going to talk about one today. Sure, go ahead. So, you know how Java was just talking about story and video games and stuff and, like that? And stuff, yeah. So if you want to play, it's not really a video game. If you want to play a browser game that is like the world's best, most awesome and intricate choose-your-own-adventure story. Oh, good lord. Okay. Set in underground London with demons and rats that have their own society within the human society. It's like the it's like the world's best combination of Kingdom of Loathing and Pottermore, and it's called Fallen London. And whoever knew about this and didn't tell me and has been holding out, I'm so mad at you. What platform is this for? It's um, it's, it's a browser. It's game. It's a browser game. I said that before. Oh, I almost like um, a browser game. Oh, that, that's a whole different thing. Whole different you know that's what? A whole different kind of game there. It's a, it's still awesome and amazing, and it's all story. So for those of us who are all constantly being like, you know what? I would play Bioshock Two a lot more if I, there were more cutscenes. It's really sad. And I- yeah, I know. I'm He's, really horrifying like, in video games, and when I can do it, it's fucking hard. I'm like, here, Kriana, you you do it, and then I'll watch the cutscenes. <laughs> well, and and I have to say that what what kind of got me really intrigued re- this week, as the, people got the collector's editions of this new expansion for Destiny, it comes with a book, and it comes with a coin and some other things. But there are puzzles, and they're puzzles that are very hard. They are not easily explained. Are they like and, that and, very first puzzle right. I missed because I never got past or? it? In outside of the game, there are clues in the game and outside of the game in the materials and you that that people who buy different editions get. And so there's a whole bunch of people who are working towards uh, solving these puzzles. And there was a breakthrough on Monday uh, about one of them, and it's possible that. Uh, this expansion has something to do with uh, the because there's a lot of references to Treasure Island as a novel, and um, it might have something to do with t- International Talk Like a Pirate Day on Friday. Um, <laughs> there's oh, yeah. there's clues to that. Peter Dinklage for the voice of the ghost. Well, I got to be honest. Dinklage was not a good. He did not do a good job. He did no, he wasn't. But I just think it's funny that you know you you play the game like you know we the game's been out almost what like almost like nine months. It's just a year, a year, yeah, a year, yeah, yeah, just a year. So 
you know, you're used to being good. You're used to the, the cruddy, you know, outtakes and, you know, playing the game 800 times and hearing the same lines over and over. It's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little rough. I don't know how I'm going to cope with my with the loss. <laughs> you're, used to hearing um, it one, you're used to hearing it one way, you know? Yeah. Nolan North it, it has done a pretty good job, though. The The best part about the game is Nathan Fillion because he plays a robot and he's got an attitude. And, oh, there you uh, go. That's all you really need is, is nothing Nathan better Fillion than a Nathan robot attitude. Yeah, perfect. But actually, the, the puzzles remind me of Mac Heist or, like you said, Zumbarian Mist. And, um, and so I'm I'm oh, really God. enjoying it a lot. Well, it's it's yeah. I mean, working it at multi levels is always much more fun than uh, first person shooters, unless you're into first person shooters. Well, that's it. It is a first person shooter. So you, if you want to just sit back and shoot aliens in the head, you can Perfect. do that, and that's perfectly fine. So anyway, we probably beat this story to death. And, I think we uh, have. <laughs> not, but oh, not as dad. much as Steven Spielberg has been, or uh, have I missed your segues, or have I missed your segues? <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I don't want to go. Not as ah. not as much as Stephen King has been beating to death. Oh my! His catalog <laughs> turning properties into television shows because now we are going to get the mist for as a no television reason. Show. For because no reason. It was such a great book. And it's being developed by the Weinstein Company. Um, and this script is by Christian Torpe. And it looks horrid. And why are so we that's talking that. about Because, you know, somebody has to acknowledge that this is continually a bad idea. And, <laughs> and just be that voice in the wilderness that cries and says, Please, no, dear God, no please, more. No. No. Well, hey, you know what? Marvel came up with an actually a good idea. Uh, really, Marvel comes up with good ideas. Yeah, I didn't know that. Let's it, it talk was about Marvel. Good idea. Uh, Wesley Snipes has been like rooting around since he got out of jail about wanting to do another Blade movie, and Marvel mm. has been continually saying, "Ah, uh, no." And then Marvel decided to say yes, but they did it in such a way that Wesley Snipes is now the father of the daughter who is now played, and the original sheets for it look kind of cool. So nobody's really seen much about it yet, but they're talking about a 2017 release into the Phase 3 right after Doctor Strange will be Blade 4, the new hunter in town. I mean, that, so, was the only, that was like the only offshoot that wasn't Marvel Studios that was just phenomenal. Like Blade was underrated. I loved Blade. The first Blade movie was amazing. Uh, the second one like had its moment, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't as good. And the third one was kind of like, hey guys, let's phone it in for cash. I thought anyway. That was my. <laughs> so, I, was, I like the third one had a lot more comedy in it. Like you know, you had Ryan Reynolds as Hannibal King. It was hysterical. <clears throat> so the news is 
Uh, it's a small budget. It's going to be fun. And it's going to work into phase three at the end of 2016, 2017, right after Doctor Strange. Should be interesting. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to hold judgment on that. But I think it's probably a good idea to hold judgment on stuff like that. Definitely holding yeah. your pee. Because, you know, the problem is, for me, is that I wasn't really... I wasn't really interested in the blade movies no I, I never i i never really enjoyed them i watched the first two but i never had any desire to watch the third one and i just didn't can I, di I didn't i didn't enjoy it i i know that it was probably during a phrase a phase of mine where i was being very you know eh. but i don't know we'll see I mean, if you didn't like it, you didn't like it, and you're entitled not to like it. I mean, I, I enjoyed the first one, second one, not so much, third one, definitely not so much. But, uh, you know, if, if they're going to change it significantly, uh, I'm, I'm actually willing to give this one a shot. It might be good. We, when was the last time we saw a really good vampire movie? <laughs> Never interview with a interview with a vampire. <laughs> really false. That was not a good vampire. Oh, the one with that girl, Queen yeah. of the Damned. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, let the right one in. No, let the right one in was great. Not the American the right one. one. I haven't seen awesome. the American one. I'm the the original one. The that original was a good one was movie. freaky. It was really good. Though. Forty yeah. days of night, whatever you know. But I mean, well, you know, was good too. Thirty yeah. days of night was good too. It was. It wasn't as good as Let the Right One In, and it was kind of a cheap knockoff. But it was at least fun. It was fun movie. A cheap knockoff that existed before Let the Right One In, if I remember correctly. No, not oh, before the American version. Not before the. Uh, thirty was Days of Night is pretty old. Maybe what was based? Thirty. Thirty Days of Night was based on a comic book, but right. the Let the Right One In was based on a novel, right? Yes, two thousand four novel film in two thousand and eight. Um, let's see. My favorite vampire movie it was, was uh, One Bitten with Jim Carrey. Not a bad one either. 30 Days of Night came first, guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wait, who wrote that? Wasn't that a um, Temple Smith Steve thing? Niles, by ben Smith, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I knew it was. Yes, love, yes, yes. Love the comic book. The, the movie. comic book was amazing. Yeah, totally. Oh, well, the movie there. was okay, but I mean, the comic when was. When did the film come out? When did the 30 Days of Night film come out? 2008, is that what it said? 2007. Yeah, they were both on the same track. I, I remember that they were very close to one another. Anyway. Cool. Uh, 2007, they came out the same year. I would really like to see a good vampire movie. The problem is that... Wait, what no, date did they come out? No, no. <laughs> I don't. I think that. I think that the the um, the vampire thing needs to be put away for a while, like ten years. I think it has been put away by by ineptitude more than anything. I think Twilight killed it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, just, just no. for for the left, the right one in the Swedish film came out in 2008. Thirty Days of Night came out in 2007. Yeah. So there you go. Yep. So the right one in came out before and every. 
Well, no, the the comic was 2002, and let the right one in was the book was 2004. Right. Yeah. So. I'm glad we got that sorted. We did. Really? Yeah. Guys, we're getting. We did. Let the right one in for every medium. So now that we know that, we can now move on. Great. So, Sarah. Yes, me. Yes. Part I two of the Dub Smash Wars. Oh my god! Okay. Remember before how I said Daisy Johnson was going to be the death of me? Okay, I lied. Haley Atwell is going to be the death of me. And again, we're all shocked. Right. But... <laughs> I think it's it's actually like going to be a team effort on both of their parts. Anyway, uh, the second round of the Agent Carter uh, section of the Dub Smash Wars has been released, and it features Stan Lee and Haley Atwell sitting in Lola, for those of you who don't know, it is Coulson's car from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. With... It's such a sexy car. What? It's such a sexy car. It is. It is. Um, and we have a lovely uh, short shorts wearing, wig wearing James Darcy, uh, a.k.a. Jarvis, uh, <laughs> polishing said Lola. It is amazing. It has... It has it kill, I'm dead. I'm dead. Um, so there are also um, some new rewards. Uh, if you donate more than $10, you are entered to win things. And actually, I don't know where that link is. I had that link and then it went away. Um, but a few things. Uh, this is the Agent Carter. Yes, here we go. So every $10 donation during round two to Team Carter also enters you to win a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive Agent Carter poster signed by Haley and James. An Agent Carter Season 1 Blu-ray box set, also signed by Haley and James. And the Agent Carter pop vinyl, signed by Haley. Um, so, there are still... Uh, Agent Carter's team is at a little over 19,000 right now on Wednesday. And Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is at a little over 22,000. So, we need more votes for Agent Carter. So, donate to them. Thanks. We need more votes for both because it's a good cause. Also that, yes. Um, because I think I said a few weeks ago, but the ones for Agent Carter go to Stomp Out Bullying and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. goes to St. Jude's Children's Children's Research Hospital. If I could get the words out, that would be awesome. That would be oh, wonderful, yes. yeah. Right? So both Absolutely. good causes. They're going to have to find those later and watch them. Yes, they're amazing. Oh, um, there will be a link up with things. <laughs> a um, link for stuff. Good idea. Right? Amazing. Or you can go to CrowdRise dot com slash dub smash wars um, and that's kind of the home page for everything or just google dub smash wars and you'll find it eventually so is anybody still watching American Horror Story? No. Or has everybody no. given up on it? Even Zumbrain is it. not watching American Horror Story anymore and it wasn't even because of the clowns it was just Sorry, not even... 90% of it was because of that clown. Not even my beloved Matt Bomer could make that better. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure about the new season. I'm not, I'm not even... I haven't watched it. I didn't watch all of last season at all. You know Period. And, and if Dome and I didn't watch all of it, you know it's dead. Yeah, because we'll beat a dead horse on stuff just because we have to. But, no, I... Uh, there's there's two new promos out for American Horror Story Hotel. They're sufficiently gross and creepy, and and I really think 
without Jessica Lange, it's lost whatever cool factor it actually had. And it's just not there anymore. I don't like well, it. Well, you know what else isn't there? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I have something to say about that before you rush to one of your be, segues, Job. Before we segue out, yes. Because this is Ryan Murphy's MO, and this is also J.J. Abrams' MO, is take a really cool, great concept, an amazing cast, and somehow fuck it right up. And I don't know what their particular brand of magic is. But they take these things that should be awesome and they make them boring. If you think about the first season of American Horror Story, oh my God. I mean, I still watch some of that because it was just so good. Zachary Quinto in that was amazing. And and now it's it's I'm going to say that season three was also really good. Yeah. Season two, they tried to cram too much in. But season three was also really good. Season four, again, was a problem. Maybe it's like the Star Trek movies and only the odd ones are good. That could be. You should see the piece I'm making right now. Oh, yes, there were good and bad Star Trek movies. Good Lord, yes. Right, but J.J. Abrams broke that. I mean, he's all bad. He did kill that one as well. You know, I could play devil's advocate on that. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to. Good. Because (laughs) there's a lit, there's a ton of things that that are being axed right now, like um, Pacific Rim 2, which is a big. I'm I'm kind of. No. No, no. Pacific Rim was awesome. It was all about giant. It was all about giant robots fighting, and that's all it was. It wasn't about anything else, and it was awesome. Yeah, no, but my. Sad noise was more that it's being. I love Pacific Rim. I think Pacific Rim is a fantastic movie, and it I want a sequel right now. I definitely want the sequel. Yeah. Well, I'm sad. I thought the sequel was going to be a prequel, though, right? Uh, sure. I don't. I don't know. I thought, like that. I, think, I thought they were doing it was supposed to be like a prequel to how, uh, like, after the bridge attack on the coast, and then it was whatever. I Maybe. <laughs> I just want more. Pacific Rim. I don't care if it's before or after. I just want more of it. More kaiju <laughs> versus giant mechs. That's what I Hello. want. Hello. Absolutely. I mean, that's just good, mindless fun. Yeah, that's- and you know what? Mindless fun is what we were really hoping for from Gambit, too. And that's been stopped. <laughs> that got stomped on heavily. Because there's record- budgetary concerns. Because they can't buy enough help to make Channing Tatum have a New Orleans accent. So And be they, anything they, other than a potato. Hey, hey, hey. He's a potato. I thought, he had the accent. I thought he's from that area. Cosmic really? roller skates in Jupiter Rising. Really? Remember uh, when we talked about this? He's a baked potato. Yeah, we did talk about this. You're right. He's... Um, Covered in oil and <laughs> brown and just kind of lumpy. <laughs> Doesn't uh, make sense. Director, the director who had been um, Rupert Wyatt was bumped from the from directing because he had a conflict as the film date filming date got pushed. So um, they don't have a director, and so they released the crew. They've got nothing right now. 
Um, and that's too bad because I was really hoping that that would be fun. So one last one uh, last place we want to go before we get to the guest. Uh, Jenna Coleman has left Doctor Who twice now, or at least been rumored to, and then <gasps> miraculously reappeared. And the rumors have once again started. It's because she's ridiculously popular. Um, and I don't really know why. She's sassy, I suppose. Oh, a sassy one. We have a sassy one. But she's not she's Star not really in, she's Star. not really intriguing like River Song. And she's not there, there are some mysteries about her that I'd like to get answered, but um you know. I think she could be an interesting character if she Can was actually written like how- a human being. And, and there are some listeners to the show who are going to kill me for saying this. Absolutely disappointing Peter Capaldi is. Really? Um, I mean, I stopped after episode four hey, of the season, so... Just, Can you... We haven't talked about Peter going. Capaldi because I was not here when he came on. You weren't. I, I, no, you just, weren't. I, I had such high hopes. Can I, I say really how much excited. I like Peter Capaldi? I, he's just a dick all the time. His well, doctor yes. is terrible. He is kind of a dick, and it's kind of nice, and I'll and I'll explain why. Um, I have been over. Well, I was. Do, I started this back before I, I took a hiatus from the show. I started watching classic Doctor Who, and um, I'm I'm about halfway through the original series now, and because it's really hard. Old TV sucks. It really does. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's hard a, to watch. Yeah, we've had this discussion too. Old TV is incredibly disappointing. I tried but, to um, teach you know, Fiona about the monsters, and it did not go I've well. I've watched the monsters before. It's not enjoyable. <laughs> the, okay, wait. No, anyway. I have an interjection here, really quick, about the monsters, and it's not really about the monsters. It's oh. more that there are a whole ton of monsters action figures and pop vinyls. And not a single one for the Adams family. And I'm like, oh, what are you doing? I will fight you. you I maybe, <laughs> maybe. Is there putting involved? Because I'm so into that. Yes. They're, yes. I'm also into that. Yes. It's a date anytime. <laughs> All right. Java, finish your thought because I I have a feeling I'm, it was a good one and then I'm I have kinda, a rebuttal. I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but I don't think that's the right word. All right, Java, Jar, Kriana, Jar, Sarah, Jar. I like Peter Capaldi, and the reason I like Peter Capaldi is because he is old, and he is cranky, and the doctor used to be old and cranky. And that's fine, he can be old and cranky without being a giant dick all the time. Yeah, but some some of the... best parts of the classic series are when the doctor is just so fed up with all of these people I'm and not he saying is. never be a dick that's absolutely not what I'm saying I'm just saying he's a dick all the time to literally everyone and it's just tiresome he doesn't that's- have anything redeeming oh no I think he has a lot of redeeming stuff Peter I don't know about that. I think that, over. I think that the, the, the I, I three mean, I think Chris Eccleston was a dick at a lot of points in time, and that was fine. It didn't make him also, the worst Doctor ever. He was enjoyable to watch, obviously. And also, he was written better, and everyone around him was written better. And yes, like, um, Russell T. Davies' run had a lot of problems, but 
the writing was solid and it was it wasn't it, uh, I hate Stephen Moffat and I hope he dies in a fire. No, don't say that. I used to love him so much. You know what it is? Stephen Moffat has JJ Abrams syndrome. Yep. <laughs> and he can do Yes. He can do great concepts and he can do them well for very short spurts of time, but if you try to get him to do something long term, he's yeah. gonna fuck it up. And something without anyone to tell him no. Yeah. Because he's in control of literally everything. And there's no one to say, wait, hold on, maybe this isn't the best thing. It's like, oh, okay, magical showrunner, like, yes, this is perfect. You are so brilliant. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that want- part of that comes in with the, the fact that the popularity of the show has absolutely exploded it is absolutely ridiculous how popular the show is and that and if like the structure of the bbc is such that when that kind of thing happens there are lots of people involved in it like and i think that it's I, i don't think that it's quite um fair to say that he's just like looking over his creation of doctor who as as a god but like the like and this is this is the parallel I'll draw um because if and this is not at all sci-fi saturday night but if you watch um top gear or you've heard of top gear or the yes. around top gear yeah um, same that, that same show what was fantastic for about 20 years and then what happened is it got it became the most popular show in the world and and i mean that quite literally the most popular show in the world for the past five years has been the British Top Gear show. Weird. And that meant that a bunch of people thought that their opinion needed to be included. And that degraded the quality of the show over time. Um, and I think that that's also happening with Doctor Who. I think that there are a lot more people who have opinions that feel like they need to be recognized. That shouldn't have them quite That frankly. shouldn't. And, and not only that, but I mean... One of the things that I think is true, and, and we've been talking about this for a while too, it, uh, like this topic for a while, but um, I think that the doctor became a lot different for me after the 50th anniversary. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but I it know was, I feel, it was I, before that for me, but that was a big. I think the 50th was kind of when I realized that I was hate watching it. See, I, wow. and you know why I agree with you but I don't think we agree with 100% because I realized that I was hate watching Doctor Who because I enjoyed the 50th so much interesting I, I, I got insight into that into the, into the character that meshed with what I've been seeing in the classic series and what I've felt from you know uh, from the various Doctors since the reboot and and so I think that I what I'm seeing in Capaldi's portrayal is a complication. And and, and I don't I don't I don't really know that it's uh, it's justifiable and everybody has their own flavor that they like of doctor. Um and and I've talked to many people who don't like Capaldi at all. Um I, I, my problem is who, I wanted to like him so much because I did. I wanted a cranky old doctor. I wanted one. to see that. 
Um, and just like I wanted to see a return to the kind of goofy doctor. Um, because four was a goofy doctor. Yes, and then we got Matt Smith, who kind of mirrored that. But well, my I mean, problem, my problem. Wait, let me finish the thought, please. Um, my problem with Peter Capaldi's doctor is that he's not just cranky. He's not just mean. He's cruel. He's deliberately cruel a lot of the time, and that's so not what the doctor has been presented at least in the new series as being about like it's one thing to be cranky and ornery and you know and kind and, and get kind. off mine lawn like, and and yeah but there's got to be an underlying there's got to be a layer underneath and the way Peter Capaldi has been playing it is that there's nothing underneath that veneer. There is this utter callousness that I find off-putting. And see, I think that that's where an interpretation, I, 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 we have an interpretation difference. Because what, what you're looking for, at, at least from what I hear, is that, is that kindness, the, the care that he has exhibited through, you know, especially to companions and especially to people that he's close to. Um, and I think that you're right, that Capaldi's doctor does not exhibit that kindness. And I think that I think that I understand the choice because I don't when I see him in those situations where where, you know, he has the opportunity to be compassionate. He, he's deliberately not. And I think that that's I think that that's a choice. I it's think an interesting it's choice, but I think again. that it's a choice that's made by the writers and by Capaldi. And I think that I understand it. And the reason I understand it is because of the 50th anniversary episode. He's guarded. Be, yeah, he's, he's May. <laughs> We've got to move forward, guys. Okay, but it's Doctor Who. Doctor joins us Who. now. From the Hero Army, Michael, you've been chiming in through the silliness. Welcome to the show. Oh, I enjoy the silliness. You've you've seen our group. We enjoy the silliness. We sat next to your group through most of uh, Granite Con, so yeah, we've seen it a lot. Talk talk to us a little bit about the Hero Army uh, and who you are and what you're doing. We are a group of cosplayers who try to represent most, you know, a lot of Marvel and DC. Um, we try to be as, you know, comic book, movie accurate. We try to keep everything, you know, we don't gender bend too much. We try to keep everything what people want to see. You know, you want to go see, you know, your favorite hero. You want to meet that person. We're going to try our best to have that person there. We have, I think, as of right now, upwards of almost 100 costumes plus, and that's in, not including most of the Princess Platoon that we just launched. So we use all this stuff. We get we get invited to some cons here and there, but um, one of the big things that we've been doing for a lot now is uh, we do a lot of charity stuff with it, 
and uh, I'm kind of the one. I do a little bit of the charity, um, trying to get you know gigs for us to do uh, charity-wise, like whether it be fundraisers or uh, library events. I'm currently in talks with some people for uh, Wounded Warrior Project. Uh, we got you know uh, another one we do. Our, I'm looking forward to start doing next year is going to be uh, Take Steps, which is uh, Crohn's and Colitis, because my little cousin has that. So we're looking to try to get into that as well. But the big one that we've been doing a lot this year is uh, we're working with uh, Team Christopher for uh, Autism Awareness, for uh, Autism, Autism Speaks, which is what you probably saw at uh, Granite. We had I was going to say that up. was the group you were representing at, at Granite Con. So yeah. how yeah. how do you hook up with charities? What's what's the process, and, and what do you bring to them? Uh, lots of lots of research uh, going into it, and trying to find out like um, if there's anyone you can call, uh, if there's someone you can talk to. Um, Wounded Warrior, I have um, a contact, and I have a contact of a contact type deal where they're going to let me know and we'll see if it goes, anything goes forward from there. Uh, Autism Speaks, uh, our, um, our man, um, Dean Christopher is, uh, his the father who was, uh, Chris Norris was at the, uh, Granite on Saturday. He is, um, he's kind of our contact with that, with, um, for that side of it, for Autism Speaks. So, um, we usually set up for the cons anyway, where we have the tables because, when we get invited to cons, they give us a table, and we're like, well, we don't really sell anything. You know, we kind of just hang out and have a good time. So we had the idea just to have him come with us and, you know, use, use our table to set up and, you know, raise money because we aren't going to do anything with the table. It's just going to go to waste. So it kind of spawned and rolled from there. And then we, um, we have a guy in the group that does... Uh, he actually is in charge of running um, the Autism Speaks walks that we do, that we have. We've done them all year. We did them all last year, and it's a lot of fun. So essentially when there's a charity that wants to bring superheroes to the event and cosplayers to the event or help with an event, you guys are there for that. Yep. If we get a memo, if we get a message about it and I, you know, I'll, they'll usually uh, forward me, you know, I'll get the forward from it and I'll look into it and I'll, you know, I'll contact the people and see what they want from us and, you know, see what it, you know, what we can do to help out. And we try very hard for a lot of the charities and stuff and, you know, uh, whether it be library events, um, you know, and other stuff, we try very hard to try to, you know, spread out and hit as many angles as we can. So, so when, how, how do they contact you through Facebook or, or through your website? Uh, Facebook, they usually hit us up through our, uh, our hero army page and we'll get a message sent to them, uh, through there. And then I'll, uh, I'll go on. If I see it or if Kyle sees it or if anyone sees it, they'll usually just kind of message them back and say that, uh, we have a guy that will contact you through a private message and then I'll usually hit him up when I, when I'm free and we'll go and we'll take it from there. It's usually been a big one. I think uh, Kyle gets emails from places sometimes. 
and he'll forward me the emails and then I'll contact those people and find out what's going on with it. So on top of that, you have a, a core group of cosplayers. Where do these guys come from? Uh, we come from all over. We're mostly Connecticut-based, um, a lot from uh, pretty much all over Connecticut. And then we have a couple, handful of uh, awesome people in Vermont. We got a handful in uh, Massachusetts. So pretty much New England. So uh, for any given event, what do you do? Just send out a, a an all call and go, who, who's available to do this? Yep, pretty much. Um, well, we will... Uh, I mean, obviously, we know some people, depends on uh, how, you know, time travel and how long the event is. So, like, the people in Vermont, they're not going to come down for a, you know, four-hour short event on a Saturday. It's going to be a little rough for them to get down. But we, um, yeah, we throw out a, uh, pretty much an all-call. We throw out the Hero Army uh, back signal, as it were, and see uh, who's available, and then we kind of work out the details from there. And how many people are involved, cosplayers? Um, as of right now, the Army has, um, I think we're at like 48, 49 people total. Wow. And, that, and that's active, and mostly active members. And then there's like, at any given point, we have, I think we can call up to like 60 honorary members, up to like 60 total people, including our 48. So, like, there's, like, 12 other, we can call them, like, honorary members that are that do a lot of stuff with us. So they'll get invites as well. How many events do you do in the course of a year? Or is that even oh. a fair question? Oh, both. Uh, I think this year, I'm not going to lie, I think we're approaching, like, 20, about 20 events, if not more. And it's all blurring together at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is an all-volunteer organization. Yes. So that everybody gets there on their own, does their own costumes, uh, and incurs whatever expenses just to support a charity or an event. Yep. That's it. Like we get plenty of you know charity events where they're like they they want us to come so bad. They're like you know we will you know whatever you guys need. You know, we got, you know, we'll, we'll give you, you know, we can pay you guys. And we tell them all the time, like, it's a charity event. We don't get paid for those. Don't worry about it. Like, we're happy to help. And we're happy to do what we can to make your event, you know, great. We, we want to show up. We want to have a good time. We want to see kids smile. We want to see parents smile. We want just to have everyone have a good time. How did this start? Who, who who's, a, was this your idea from the beginning or, or? Was it just um, like the Hero Army? The Hero Army started back. Uh, Kyle started it. Kyle Stark, who does Iron Man, uh, he started it. He kind of he never dressed up originally. He was only kind of the man behind the scenes, and then he did it. He was just he would just organize people, get people to dress up, go to cons, and it wasn't it wasn't too much when it first started, but then uh, Kyle kind of gave in to his uh, inner nerd and. Uh, got the Iron Man suit and put the Iron Man suit together. He's a, uh, he's a machinist. So he puts that to work and he's very technical when it comes to his stuff. When he puts, he does a lot of our foam work on all our costumes. He does, uh, he does a huge chunk of the costumes himself. And, 
he's, he's, he's very talented at it. He doesn't himself enough credit for it, really. And then it goes, um, I joined uh, last year, a year and a half ago. I've been with a group. Uh, my first thing was uh, I did Harper Comic Con uh, last year with them. That's when I kind of started around, but we also had a library that I guess before that. But I was going to that as a friend of a friend. And um, it kind of snowballed from there. We kind of started doing some autism speech walks, and we really had a good time with those. And we started, you know, I started looking at other things we could do that would uh, would help the group, that would be easy, would be fun. And we can use our costumes for another thing other than cons, and it kind of just snowballed from there. So when you're not doing this, you're just like, a nerd at a con with your with your costume and just having a good time. That's the goal. Always have a good time. So, what's uh, coming yeah, up in the in the near future for you guys? What what are some events that are coming up for you? Well, the big we we're calling it our Super Bowl is going to be a hero arm. We're at the going to be at the Hartford uh, Comic Con for uh, Saturday and Sunday, and that's going to be you. You thought you saw the army at Granite, man. You, whew, we got plenty going up over at uh, Harper Comic Con. I think we got, last time I saw the roster, I think it's something between like 50 to 60 people. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, so we got two tables at that one, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, multiple costume changes on a lot of the army members, so we're going to be rotating through some costumes. Uh, Saturday is going to be Prince of Platoon right in the morning, and then we're going to be rotating out of that to DC and Marvel, the usual stuff. Uh, Justice, some Justice Leagues, obviously a lot of Avengers. I'll be rocking out. You'll hear some tunes from Star Lord and all that. So, and then um, we have I think three autism walks coming up. Um, one on uh, Saturday, the following weekend, so Saturday's the uh, 19th, so it'll be 25th, I believe, is the following Saturday. We have an autism speech walk, and then we're going to have, oh, no, it's 26th. I'm looking at it right now. I'm just blind to the actual date. Uh, yeah, so we have a autism speech walk in Massachusetts on the, September 26th, and then we're going to have... Another one, our first time having an autism speech walk in New York on October 17th, which we're all really excited about. We have a couple of guys from New York who cosplay with us, and they're excited that they don't have to travel as far. So we're traveling to them for a change. And then we're going to have our final autism speech walk will be in Waterford, Connecticut, uh, October 24th. So that's, I think, it for the charity side of it, and I'm sure there's probably going to be a few others in and out. You can find information about uh, the Hero Army on their website and also on Facebook. Michael, thank you. It was fun watching you for two days, and it was really nice to have you on the show. Always glad to help, and always you know, glad to join up and help help you guys out. So, thanks for having me. Cool. Brianna! Uh, well, next week there's something, games by Playdate. It's really difficult to tell what, what the name of this thing is. 
They're going to tell us what, what SLAS is, apparently. Next, the week after that, on October 3rd, Extra Life is going to tell us how video games save lives. Java, you're going to want to be there for that one. Oh, on I'll the 10th, Madeline Holly Rosing drops by to discuss the Boston Metaphysical Society. Finally, and my awesome Tesla lapel pin, obviously. Um, on the 17th, the Escape is going to come by and tell us who escaped the room. Who's in this yeah, room here with us right now. And who got left behind. <laughs> Not saying nothing. So, on that note, Sir Sarah. Yes, well... Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Rhode Island Comic-Con, booksandbooze.com, and comicarthouse.com. Visit comicarthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Tonight's outro music provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com. Tonight's intro music provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at robwattsonline.com. Dome. I want to thank the Hero Army and Michael Pelletier for all the cool charity work that they do and for joining us on the show tonight. I want to thank our cast for, like, bickering as usual. From the Revere Time Vortex, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and Moment of Words librarians. Thank you so much, ladies. Yeah. Continuing her own personal galaxy quest, Sir Sarah. And back from the shadows and into the yogurt once again. Thank you, Java. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie, shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>